Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and today I'm bringing you part four of a four-part sermon series entitled Reset, which uh, today's message is specifically entitled Reset Direction, based off of Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. So let us dive into the Word today. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I have heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I'll read verse 16. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Amen. So, whether we've been in the church for a long time or are exploring the faith, Jesus sometimes calls us to move in a new direction, even when we think we are already heading in the right direction. And I'll say that again. Jesus sometimes calls us to move in a new direction, even when we think we are already heading in the right direction. Now, I have a rather hilarious story to tell you uh, about about the many uh, about one of the many road trips. Um, about one of the many road trips that we went on with my parents in South Carolina. Uh, this is funny, but it was also super scary at the time. Now, there was this time that we were at uh, Table Rock State Park in South Carolina, where there is a hu- is an overlook that is actually a rock in the shape of a huge table, hence its, hence its name. That's kind of like, thank you, Captain Obvious. We figured that out. Um, but anyway... For anyone who has been in the Blue Ridge Mountains in South Carolina, you know that these mountains go up in altitude considerably higher than the ones in New Jersey, um, making High Point look not so high. So there we were driving down from Table Rock when 
while sitting in the back, I saw an overlook that I really, really wanted to stop at and take some pictures. Uh, and so I was like, Dad, I really, really like to stop. Can we pull over? And my dad <laughs> kept asking why, but he kept driving. And I kept trying to tell him why I wanted to pull over. But by the time I, by the time he understood why, we were all past where I wanted to stop by a considerable length. And so I told him, Nah, don't worry about it. We're, we're too far past it. Uh, on a, you know, I think it was a one right, one way road. But even if it wasn't, we're, we were too far past it. But I, I, I told him not to worry about it. And my dad, of course, felt bad and, uh, you know, felt bad that he hadn't stopped. So what did he do? Now, if you guessed, he drove on and headed back to the state park entrance and drove around again, you're wrong. <laughs> that would have taken too much time. Nope. We came to a stop. My dad put the SUV in reverse and drove backwards up to the spot. <laughs> now, the whole car was in an uproar. People screaming in fear as we envisioned uh, going off into a, a ditch or a car coming around a bend and plowing into us. <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying. Though we did get up there safely, and I got my beautiful pictures. And, of course, my dad was laughing the whole time as he did it, <clears throat> while everybody else was in sheer panic. Um, still, we were telling my dad to keep going, to keep going on in the direction we were going. But my dad decided it was time for a rather <laughs> dangerous direction reset. Um, now, my Now, kids, please... Please don't try any of that. And by kids, I mean, yes, all of you from, from 1 to 90. Don't try any of that kind of a... Don't try that kind of a direction reset in your own cars. It's not... <laughs> it's not wise. But direction is very important. And we can be heading in the wrong direction, even when we think we are heading in the right direction. In the story I just shared, my dad thought he was heading in the right direction. He was taking us home. But then I called for a direction reset which threw a wrench into my dad's plans, you know, and, and, you know, so I want you to consider this. It, it can be, it can be easy to imagine Jesus calling us to make a change when we first enter the faith. I mean, that's common sense. You know, you ask Jesus into your heart and, uh, and you change because Jesus is changing you, but it's harder to picture Jesus calling us to move in a new direction when we are not new to the Christian faith. We may be convinced that the way we are going is the right way. But, and this is a big but, we may not be aligned with the direction in which Jesus is calling us. And that's, you know, that's an important, that's an important distinction, right? So this passage is likely familiar to people who have spent a lot of time in the church. I mean, this is the story of Paul's conversion uh, about how he he did a he did a, a 180 from being a persecutor of Christians to becoming one of its chief proponents and and uh, the the great consequence of that you know not only to him personally because uh, he went from being a friend of the Pharisees to not only a friend but one of the Pharisees to being an enemy of them um, overnight but it also had great consequence in the in the history of the church and in world history overall so. You know, this is a this passage is a like you know is likely familiar to people uh, in the church. Yet, this is an opportunity to look at this passage with with fresh eyes. Now, Jesus calls both Saul and Ananias to follow him, but he calls differently to each. He meets Saul violently. He meets Ananias in a vision. Jesus tells Ananias to go heal Saul 
But Ananias protests. It's actually kind of funny when you compare Ananias' initial reaction to Saul's initial reaction. You would think Saul would be the one protesting, right? But here, it's one of Jesus' followers protesting. In fact, Jesus tells both a longtime follower and a non-believer to follow him, and both must make a change and move in a new direction. For Saul, that new direction is to stop persecuting Christians and and to not only become one himself, but also to become a proclaimer of the gospel, arguably Christianity's chief proclaimer of the gospel. In fact, I don't even think there is an argument for it. Half of the New Testament was written by Paul or somebody claiming to be Paul. So, you know, like the, the amount of impact that this particular one person had on Christianity at its earliest stages is unbelievable, aside from Jesus himself. So that is the new direction that the God is, that Christ is calling uh, Saul to go in. For Ananias, the new direction is to drop his own beliefs about who Saul is and instead approach Saul from a place of grace and of trust in Jesus. And that's that, that becomes hard, right? Even being graceful sometimes can be easier than trusting in Jesus. Like, hey, look, I won't, I won't smear his name. I'll be graceful to him if he says hi to me in the streets. But you're, you're asking me, Jesus, to put a lot of trust in you and go over to this guy's house when he wants to arrest me. Now, can you imagine how incredibly hard that must have been? Ananias, again, not only had a distaste for Saul himself because of what he was doing, but he would have certainly been fearful for his safety in life. And following Jesus means moving in a new direction, even for the longtime follower. As we continue to grow and experience, more is revealed and changes in our lives. Now Saul, he thought he could see, but was blind. He was a Pharisee with great intelligence, a brilliant man, a brilliant thinker, brilliant writer. He was a Pharisee trying to stop what he saw as a heresy. He really, really thought these Christians were leading people away from God to a new idol. One who died a criminal's death, how could that be? Ananias, on the other hand, had a vision but could not see God's purpose with Saul. He was blind to God's intentions as well. And we don't often think about Ananias as being blind, but when we read the the passage carefully, here are two people, one a Christian and one non-Christian, and both are blind. (laughs) Again, Ananias was rightfully afraid of Saul's history of persecuting Christians, so I'm not judging him, but it is a fact. Both Saul and Ananias are out of alignment with God's purposes and need to move in a new direction for God's purposes to be realized in their lives and in the world around them. They both miss the point and think they are doing what they should be doing until they are interrupted and given a new direction by Jesus. I want to continue to invite you to think of what change God is asking you to make in your own lives. Remember, we talked about starting the year off with a soul reset. And that not only requires us to remember that we are loved by God, that also means that we will reset our purpose back on Jesus Christ, and that we will also reset our values to that of Christ. 
placing Christ's values above worldly values. This is what this whole series has been about, and so so that we can continue to be the church. And if you're intentional about in resetting your, your personal lives back on Jesus, we as a church will also follow suit. For the church is its people. Amen? Amen. The church is its people. We can all individually be more intentional in listening to God. We can all be more intentional. Working on a working on one of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, living into your direction or purpose in the season. Living confidently in God's grace, etc. Having recentered ourselves in our identity, we should also pause to listen for God's purpose for us. Having reset our values by the Spirit, what new direction is God calling you to move in? this season. As the new year begins, what is a direction that you feel God may be leading our congregation in? And if you're a leader in the church, you've probably already been thinking this. But it's important for the whole church to be thinking about these things. What direction do you feel God may be leading our congregation in? God speaks to you as much as God speaks to me. And if you're not a part of our congregation, then think of these questions in terms of your own congregation. And how can that direction unite us as it did for Saul and Ananias? If we reset our direction together, we can unite in identity, purpose, values, and direction. I want you to think about that. I'll say that again. If we reset our direction together, we can unite in identity, purpose, values, and obviously in direction. We could be united in bringing new people to know Christ and connecting the church to the community, assessing and meeting the needs of the least of those around us, and truly witnessing to the power and the presence and the love of Christ. We know what God is calling us to do. Let's do it together. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you so much for, um, for being with us in this time and for your presence with us always. It's, a, it's just a, a wonderful privilege to be in your family and to be counted as one of your own and also to be given the honor to serve as your ambassador in this world. Lord, I know just like uh, myself, all of those who are listening who've accepted Jesus into their hearts and who just are searching for a new way, Lord, um, new direction in their lives. We, we know we are citizens of heaven. We're not citizens of this world. We are citizens of heaven, and we have a place waiting for us in that kingdom when it comes here on earth. Um, but Lord, more importantly, we are your ambassadors to a world that doesn't know you. And so help use us, Lord, as your witnesses in this world so that we may bring more people to know you and so that more people can realize that they too are heirs of your kingdom. We thank you and we praise you in all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, it's always great to have you here and joining in um, with me, uh, tuning in. I always enjoy bringing these messages to you. And believe it or not, um, 
you know, messages are kind of funny. You know, sermons are funny because even though I'm preaching them, I still have to go into scripture. I still have to, to, to dig in and they speak to me as well. And then, and then how they speak to me, I hope uh, God is also speaking uh, to you. And, and so I hope that is the case. Remember we have episode notes, so please check them out. And for any of you who this is a uh, spiritual sustenance throughout the week, this is your spiritual sustenance. And I would invite you to, to give uh, joyfully to the uh, first United Methodist church of Newton. The links are there for either PayPal or Tithely. Um, we could really use your support. Uh, if this is uh, supplemental and you have another faith community, then by all means, support that faith community. And if you have it uh, in you to support both of us, uh, neither of us would, <laughs> neither of us would be upset about that. So, uh, again, thank you for all that you do. Uh, thank you for tuning in each week. Thank you for um, for just just listening to these. And, and I and I do hope I really hope that that you're growing from them. So, uh, with that said. You know, remember, uh, you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace.